If you have your Bible, and I pray that you do, Amos chapter 7. Amos chapter 7. Melissa said she wanted a minor prophet. It'll be Amos. It'll be Amos chapter 7. What a wonderful book uh, placed there for us to read this past week. And we do uh, enjoy our Bible reading. I hope that you are as well. So Amos chapter 7, we'll read the first nine verses. We'll go to the Lord in prayer and, and then just speak that that he's laid upon our hearts. So Amos chapter 7, starting in the first verse, says, Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, he formed grasshoppers in the beginning of the shooting up of the latter growth. And lo, it was the latter growth after the king's mowings. And it came to pass that when they had made an end of eating the grass of the land, then I said, O Lord God, forgive, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise? For he is small. And the Lord repented for this. It shall not be, saith the Lord. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, the Lord God called to contend by fire, and it devoured a great deep and did eat up a part. Then said I, O Lord God, cease, I beseech thee, by whom shall Jacob arise, for he is small. The Lord repented for this. This shall not be, saith the Lord God. Thus he showed me, and behold, the Lord stood upon a wall made by a plumb line with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. And the high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with the sword. Would you let us pray? Father God, thank you for the reading of your word. We praise you for all that you've given us in this word. And we thank you for what it means to us and how it relates to us. And, and Father God, we pray and thank you for wisdom to understand it in the way that you had it written down and the way that you wanted it understood. I pray, Father, that you would just open our hearts, our minds and our spirits now that we would take this and receive it, dear Heavenly Father, apply it to our lives and be that that you've called us to be. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. We see here that God has shown Amos three visions. And in the first two, we read that Amos, he pled with God. He said, let it be, let it go, don't do this. And God repented and, and he said, I'm not going to do that. But the third one, Amos never contested. And, and, and I got to thinking about why did Amos not contest this? What was so different? And, and what was it that, that, that caused Amos to, to not say, Lord, don't do this? It was, it was the plumb line. That was the only difference God had already, he sent and said these two visions and one was the grasshoppers devouring all the grass and, and one was fire that was devouring all these things. But when God said, I am bringing down a plumb line, when it showed God standing there on the wall with the plumb line and he says, I'm going to put the plumb line in the midst of my people, Amos had nothing he could say to God and say, God, don't do that. You begin to think about this, this plumb line, this third vision, when it included this, this plumb line. Does anybody here today not know what a plumb line is? So we've got a few hands. A plumb line, and Daryl's probably better to explain this, but okay, you've got a string, and you have like what we considered maybe a weight on the end of that, and it would be used to plumb walls to make them straight. A plumb line can show you the slightest degree of a wall 
that's off, leaning this way or that way. So what God was saying, I got my standard and I'm going to put it in the midst of the people and we'll see who's on track. We'll see who's standing straight. We'll see who's leaning. So, so God was saying, and, and this is used, it's, I guess some people probably still use them in, in some parts of the country where we, we today, we grab our little four foot level, which has a little plumb ball on the end of that, has that one. That, so you say, oh yeah, that's straight up and down. I'll use that. But if you're like me, you say, well, that's close enough. The painter will fix it. <laughs> right? <laughs> Brother Dan. But we see here now is what God is showing us is that his standard will show us even when we're just the smallest degree off. This is why Amos could not protest, because Amos knew the condition of Israel. Israel didn't even see themselves as fallen. They didn't even see their need for repentance. They longed for, in Amos chapter 5 verse 8, they longed for the day of the Lord because they thought that was going to bring deliverance. But rather, that day was going to bring judgment. They were, they were secure. They felt comfortable. They were at ease, as you read in, in Amos chapter 6. They were at ease, but, but God saw things differently as we read here. And we read in Amos chapter 6, verse 8, Amos 5, 23 uh, and 24, you find these things and God begins to number reasons that Israel would be punished. In, in Amos chapter 2, you find that they are selling the righteous for money. But for some reason, they, they don't understand that they're coming into judgment they were selling and, and, and giving the needy for a pair of shoes you know I heard Bobby speaking today about the condition of our world do you realize I mean they were doing some wacky things back here too I think one of our, our things around here is there's nothing new under the sun that is true that is true we look out there and we say wow what a condition America's in you know there's nothing new under the sun God's seen it all and God knows our condition. He knows the condition of the world. He knows the condition of this church. He still has the plumb line. He doesn't need the new aged uh, materials and, and tools that I need to build just a square box. God doesn't need all that stuff. He has his plumb line. He knows exactly what he does and when he's going to do it. But God began to number these, these reasons. I mean, you read of these sexual sins. It speaks of the father and the son going with the same woman in, these, in this book. So we realize that, that God is bringing judgment, and for good reason, but Israel doesn't see their condition. And I, and I think about today and how the, the world just does not see the condition that we are in. They have a blind eye. They, well, the, the problem is, what we're going to talk about tonight is that huge difference. Because that's a huge difference from, from Israel thinking they're justified and, and sanctified and, and all good when God's looking at them and like saying, I'm about to destroy you. I'm about to bring destruction on you. But we see that in our world today. We see it all throughout. People think they are just, they're good to go. They think they've got it right. They think they're on track. They think they're on that straight and narrow, but what it is, they got their own little plot of the broad way that's leading to destruction. And, and I don't want us to fall into that trap here. So I want to share with you just, just some things here. Because what you find is Israel thought they were okay, just like the world thinks it's okay, just like sometimes we think we're okay because we're using the wrong standard. 
the wrong standard. You say, well, what's the standard that we must use? Because there's so many, but I got to tell you standards that we don't need to use first. I want to try to capture your attention just for a moment on standards that I believe the world and the church are using that we need to take into consideration and move those away. So first standard that I believe is deceiving the world is religious leaders. Follow me. I know some might say, well, you're talking about yourself. I hope that I am someone's religious leader and I hope that I can be a standard, but I don't want you to follow me and put me on a pedestal. Why? I've seen too many religious leaders fall because we are just human. But there's so many people. And, and I mean, we've seen it time after time. If anybody's been in church for any any period of time, you've seen a pastor leave and half the church go with him. Or you've seen a new pastor show up at the church and bring half a church with them. We have this problem that we, unless, we can't be following these leaders. Because I was thinking about what Jesus said and he told the people around at that time. He said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you won't enter in. So I'm thinking of the religious leaders. I believe that our righteousness, the things that we do for God, the things that we're growing and learning, we must exceed that of them. We must not look to them as the standard or the goal. We must seek to surpass them and to reach that of Jesus Christ. Some people, they make um, um, a standard out of a denomination. Sometimes I wish the word Baptist wasn't even on our sign. Sometimes I wish that the word Baptist wasn't even affiliated with because it's a denomination, right? It's something that has set a standard. And for, for many years, and, and if anybody hears me preach this, that's got anything to do in the Baptist church or the Baptist organizations, they might come looking for me. But the Baptist got it all wrong. And that's why you have so many different sects of, of Baptists. I was thinking and I was reading and studying. You realize the primitive Baptists had a little issue with missionaries and they split. And now you have, you drive around, you see the missionary Baptist churches. Those are just primitive Baptists that decided that missions is important and, and we're going to go with that. But then there was a group over here that said, no, that's not important. So we got all these standards going and then you got the hard shell Baptist and then independent Baptist and all these different kind of Baptists. You know what? We get it wrong just as much as the Methodists. We get it wrong as Presbyterians and all those things because we've been called to be the church of God, not the church of the Baptists, not the church of the Presbyterians. But we got people that that want to see the numbers. OK, the Presbyterian church down the street, they must be doing something right because they're full up. We need to do what they're doing. That's the standard. No, that's not the standard. That may be a cult. You don't know. I don't know. We have to be very careful not to put our standard into a denomination just because we see numbers or growth or zeal. And we want that, too. If you remember back in first Samuel around chapter eight, the children of Israel said, give us a king, too. And we realized that that was not the thing to do. I mean, we mentioned it in Sunday school. We mentioned it a time or two uh, a week or so ago. Uh, Saul didn't really become that king until Nahash was plucking right eyes out. And there was a, a time that Saul had to step up and had to be a king and God had to move him. But we see that just because we want something doesn't make that the standard. Just because we want it doesn't make it right. Now, there's others like the world. The world has become a standard bearer. I've said it before, I say it again. The laws of our country 
we don't follow the laws. The laws follow us. So the world has only given us what we want. And Bible says for us not to conform to the world. But be ye transformed by what? The renewing of our minds. He said, don't blend in, but be a light shining bright. You can be the standard in your area. I can be a standard in my area, but our standard cannot be the world. The world is nothing but darkness. We, we see this. This is what the scriptures, this is what's going on here in the scriptures. Now, uh, many of us put a lot of, uh, of stock into fellow Christians. Again, going back to religious leaders. We can't do that. We have to put our faith and our, our goals in Jesus Christ. We can't use a fellow scripture, a Christian, as, as a standard. We can follow the examples of those that are following Christ, very much so. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's a good standard to follow. But we can't just follow Christians because some do not follow Christ. Some people walk around with the label of Christian just because they're born in America and they think it's a Christian nation or their grandma was Christian. They, they went to a, a Baptist church or a, a Presbyterian church and I'm Christian. And we can't follow people just because they say they're Christian. If you heard the statistic this morning, 94% of America is lost. 86% of them say they're Christians. Interesting. Interesting to me that we will follow fellow Christians. And what happens there is that brings in lukewarmness. We become lukewarm. And that's very dangerous. If you think about uh, that leaving, leaving your first love and, and becoming lukewarm, Christ over in Revelation spoke uh, extensively about that. And for us, we must continually examine ourselves and not to even look at ourselves as the standard. The standard is not within us. It's not within the world. It's not within in, in religious leaders. It's not within fellow Christians. Because... True standards are in the Bible. Our true standards are the word of God. The Bible is the true standard. Now, Jesus Christ was the word made flesh. So Jesus became our living, breathing, walking, talking standard. And we can learn so much about him if we would just get in there and start start tuning. it. Our plumb line Today is no different than what it was here. God doesn't change. He's the same. He has the same standards. You know, he said, thou shalt not lie. You know what? We're not supposed to lie. Just because Jesus came and died for all lies doesn't mean we get to lie. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. And then there's a bunch of those that are thou shalts and, and be of good courage. Be of good cheer. So many things that we have in the scripture that we could be doing. And Jesus set the standard. He fulfilled every single one of those. But that doesn't mean we don't strive to do it. We don't strive. We strive to be just like him. Our plumb line is Jesus. He is the word of God. See, we have to reject man's standards. Because... Those standards, what does it say over in the book of Proverbs? 
a man seems to do good, uh, wants to do, uh, um, it, it just left me. A man, help me out, Sister Jesse. See, he got you too. What, no, there's another one that says that if a, um, a man, to a man, yes, he is right in his own eyes, but the ways of are death. So our standards, the things that, that in our eyes we say, that seems right. That's, that seems right. We have to be very careful because that leads to death. Man's standards are all wrong. Man's standards are completely backwards. Looking at the world today, looking at the church today. I mean, just looking at my home today. I, I've, I've shared this with you in, in that it seems that my house revolves around my children. And it shouldn't be so. It should not be so. And, and to, to unwind all that's been happening in my life, thinking, you know, my kids come first. My kids. Yeah, I'm, I'm supposed to take care of my kids, but God comes first. God comes before my children. God comes before my wife. God comes before me in all things. And when I get that relationship right, the other ones fall into their proper place. So we got to be very careful about man's standards because over the years and over the years, and I mean, I think about it even from the time I was young, I remember how wicked the world was, but they could get anything passed through Congress if they just say it's for the kids. It's for the kids. I mean, they got us. It's for the kids. You've got to get on board with this. And every time, every single time, it was a man's standard. It failed. I think of all the different oh, wars in my lifetime and some of the biggest failures, I'm sorry, was the war on drugs. Because it's for the kids. It was for the wrong reasons. It was a standard that was set that, that no one, uh, it was a man's standard that was set. It was not a God's standard. The war on drugs, the war on poverty. Just go ahead and say this one, the war on poverty. They absolutely didn't read their scripture because Jesus said the poor are going to be with you always. They're fighting a battle they can't win. They're distracted. So they're distracting us and the standards that man sets, even at our workplaces, the standards that they set... As we spoke of in Sunday school, we have a few teachers in our midst. And they're told every year at some point, some way, somehow, inadvertently, unconsciously, whatever it may be, you cannot speak about Jesus in your classroom. You will lose your job. That is so far from the truth. It is a lie straight from hell, but yet... We're giving this standard and we think that because of this, we will lose our jobs and we go with it. So we have to be careful of these standards. We have to reject man's standards regardless of how popular or even desirable they seem to us. There's some standards out there that we can get a hold of. And we're like, this is the one. This is it. And it'd be so far and misleading us and deceiving us. So we have to embrace God's standards. And he tells us that in Timothy when he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. So there's no one in there that says, study to show yourself approved to your neighbor, not even to your wife or your husband or your children or, or your church or your Sunday school teacher or your pastor. No, it says, study to show thyself approved unto God. 
A workman needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. That is key. So rightly dividing the word of truth is being able to pick this up and glean the wisdom that God has for you in this. To be able to put into practice the standards. Follow me just for a second. The standards that were set forth and Jesus said many times, he said, you will obey the traditions of man, but not the commandments of God. That's where we get into that slippery slope of standards, because Jesus was very, very clear when he said, yeah, you've heard thou shalt not commit adultery. But I'm telling you, if you've lusted after another person in your heart, you've committed adultery. Or thou shalt not murder. But if you have anger, I mean, I think we all can say, yep, that's me. I got that anger problem from time to time that and we have. And Jesus was very, very pointed when he shared these things that it's not just the physical of thou shalt not steal. But it's the spiritual things that get us. What goes in is not what defiles the man, but what comes out. So we have to be very careful and we have to embrace those standards. When we read it in the word of God, guess what? It's true. It's there for a reason. I I speak with many people and they have this this twisted view of standards and and the Bible. And they're talking all these other books that were left out. Why were they left out? Well, because God didn't want them here. I mean, this one, it was, this is what was for us. And we didn't need the other things to be here. But I tell you, those some of those things that will come out that will be in their due season because God will bring about his word and it will not return to him void. But everything in here, church, from the smallest to the greatest has a purpose. It has a purpose. And that purpose is to, uh, uh, to propel you and I into our purpose of living out the standards of God. For what reason? For what reason? For His reason. For His purpose. For His glory. To see our good works. To see our living up to the standard of God. And that He would be glorified. And, and with Him being glorified, souls are one. Souls are brought to Jesus. Because they say something's different with that. He or she is living to a totally different standard. And you can tell, you can tell when that standard is being upheld. So here, Amos got a word from the Lord. And Amos was able two times to say, God, please don't do that. But when God brought out the standard, Amos couldn't. The same with us. There's times that we'll be able to pray to God and say, God, please, please, please stay this. Please, but when he pulls out the plumb line, when he shows us and holds us up against the standard, we, we don't have any foundation other than Jesus Christ to be on. Embrace, embrace your word. It is the very roadmap that will get you to heaven. It is the very instruction that will make you the creature that you were created to be. Embrace it. Sister Carla shared with the youth, and I think I've shared it once. I really want to share it again. But on our last night of youth camp, Sister Carla shared with the youth, and this is a word for everyone. You cannot just love your Bible. 
You can't. That's not enough. You must be in love with your Bible. When you begin to come in love with the word of God, you become to be in love with his standard. You become in line with his purpose. And that church is what the world needs more than anything right now. They need to see us living up to the standard of God's word. That is the only way, the only way that we will see our children, our parents, nieces, nephews, aunts, uncles, our neighbors. That is the only way that we will be able to see them come to salvation is if we. And I'm going to share with Brother Jason that awkward moment you had today. It was an awkward moment. And I know many of you have had that awkward moment, but we have these these youth cards. And John asked us to, to hand them out. Jason stumbled across a family that had a couple of teenagers sitting with him. He had to get past an awkward moment of pulling that out of your pocket and saying, hey, I hate to bother you, but can I give you this? It's an awkward moment, but Jason lived up to a standard in that moment. And I'm going to tell you, he didn't tell me this, but I guarantee you Jason walked away much lighter than he walked up. Because he lived out a standard that said, you know, share Jesus. Now, he did it through a water ball, water, water balloon dodgeball thing, but he still shared Jesus. When we find ourselves, church, living up to that standard, every word, not just the ones we like, half quoting, using half verses to make us feel good, but every single word. One of, my, one of my pet peeves is to hear someone to say that uh, a, a wife should submit herself to her husband. And they'll leave it right there. Because they don't like the other part of that where the husband should love the wife for Jesus Christ loved the church and be willing to die for her. The woman should be subjected, but man, you got to give her something to be subjected to. So we have to live out every word. Galatians 5 says for us to, to exude and to uh, uh, let out the fruit of the Spirit. Huh? There's a few of them listed there. Are we living up to the standards of this? Because it's easy enough for us to go outside today and just get wrapped up in the world and just have this about us where everybody says, if he's coming from church acting like that, I don't want any part of it. I can just work seven days a week and get that. So living up to the standard, every single word, I encourage you. I encourage you, as we often do, to read your Bible, to learn that which God has for us. The standard is right here. And if we live up to this standard, heaven awaits. Heaven awaits. And treasures and rewards to be laid up in heaven that we will eventually get to throw at Jesus's feet. So let's praise God for this, this standard and let's do our ever very best, no matter where we are, to be living up to this, this standard. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your many blessings. I thank you for this word. I thank you, Father, for, for the Bible readings and for the challenge from the youth to do that. What a blessing it's been. Father, I thank you so much for each and every one that's gathered here. Now, Father, I pray that we're receptive to to what the word has told us. 
Dear Heavenly Father, that our condition can be so much better if we look at the Word of God and, and your Son Jesus as the standard bearer and quit casting all of our aspersions and, and our looks and, and things of that to, to, to the world and to fellow Christians and to religious leaders and to bosses and, and Father God, to those that are just, that will mislead us and, and their standards are twisted and, 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 and twisted and, and just out of order. Father, we pray that you would help us to understand this word, that you would help us to apply it to our lives. And Father, that you would just use us in a mighty way in our communities, our homes, our workplaces. Father, everywhere that we go, that they would be seen as someone different, something different and lead people to you. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? Just have a, a verse of a, a song for anyone that may uh, want to come and pray. If you feel a need to pray tonight, I pray that you would come and pray. Receive that that God has in store for you.